Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live here from the Internet Law Center. Um, here in the heart of Silicon Beach. Um, please be seated. We've got a great show for you today. Um, as usual, we are going to cover the latest and greatest in Internet law, policy, and business. And um, we have for you a special guest. Um, Raj Shahan is someone I have known for um, a little, little many years. And, <laughs> and um, he has been um, in all the major developments that are happening in in this community in online particularly in online advertising and he's here to talk about his exciting new app called homey and um raj are you with us yes i am uh, thanks for having me i really uh, look forward to this and uh and uh, yeah i'm here and so uh raj and i first worked together in 2000 at a company called Speedy Click, which uh, at one point was the, I believe, was it the top game site on the internet? Yeah, number one game site uh, in the world, probably 12, uh, 12 to 14 million unique users a month. I, I told people we contributed absolutely nothing of value to the US <laughs> economy because mainly it was people um, who probably were working at some other productive enterprise wasting time to- on our website. <laughs> Yeah, they're supposed to be working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead, they're doing treasure hunts, you know, on uh, on ePrize and Pogo dot com and other partner sites of ours. But I guess the the magic of that site was that it was they understood stickiness. Yeah, you know, we ended up with a with a uh, by default it just happened a a, a women uh, design team, all women, and uh, it became really sticky and really attractive to. Uh, 35 to 54 women in the U.S. and um, you know that was how we became competitive with some of the other uh, top game sites. And so you're now you've traveled a little bit, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, you're now back in the Los Angeles area somewhat for uh, this new company called Homey, and um, emphasis without the L. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about it and what attracted you to this company. Well, a couple of things, you know, I guess I'll back up and, you know, my, my relationship with one of the founders, I've known him, uh, uh, not as long as you, Bennett, but, uh, since 2007. Uh, and so I actually was in the, as you mentioned, the online ad tech space for a while, for a long time, was getting a bit burned out by it, to be honest. And, um, and, you know, I, I had gone to see him to talk about one of his other companies called Steelhouse Media. I'm an advisor at Steelhouse, and uh, they're a DSP and online ad tech company based in Culver City. Um, public, public information, they're doing like $120 million in, in net revenue in 2015, doing very, very well. So I wanted to go talk to him about that. I said, if I'm going to stay in, in ad tech, I want to move to the buy side. Um, so I was talking to him. We're having a good conversation. You know, they had some roles in New York, and I'm not moving uh, from California. So, so, uh, but he said, "Hey, walk down the street with me. I'll tell you something else I'm working on." And, and long story short, after uh, 
uh, his rental experience that he was getting an apartment for his daughter and one of his friends uh, uh, experiences as a management company dealing with renters, unqualified leads, unqualified renters coming in. Um, this concept came up of uh, homie, and you know, uh, r- renters love their apartments. The, the worst part about getting an apartment is getting an apartment. You know, yeah. so the process is terrible. So you're you're ser- you're searching a lot. You're doing your credit checks. You're doing application fees. You're you know, kind of the move itself is is an issue, right? just a, a pain in the butt to move. But the process kind of sucks. And so that sucks not only for renters, but also for management companies. And they're going through dozens and, and hundreds of uh, uh, potential renters that are just unqualified. But you find it at the end of the process. You What we've done at home is we reverse the process. So what you're doing at the end, the application and um, completing everything and doing the credit check and the background check and, and income verification, all of that is done up front. We're pre-approving renters. Uh, they're able to see apartment listings in the platform and the app that are uh, optimized based on their uh, income and uh, other other information coming from the credit report and uh, background uh, data. So we're just matching these renters and apartments together uh, essentially using the criteria from the property management companies of what they need from a background screening and credit screening and, and rental history uh, standpoint um, and using that criteria to connect the dots. And then what we're doing that's unique as well for the property management companies is providing them with a, uh, a card on the renter, like a summary of this guest. Before they even walk in the door to, to have a tour, the property management company uh, on site has a card about their information and what type of searches they're doing and what their income is and a lot of data uh, that helps them uh, close that deal uh, better or to be able to tell uh, the renter even like, hey, based on your income, you know, you're looking at this this apartment, but for another 120 a month, I can move you to something that's 20% larger. Right. So, you know, that's that's the goal here is for us to pre-approve renters, push them through uh, a, a kind of easier process, and you know, today with automation and convenience, if you win the consumer mind on on products and and can give them, you know, get them to the end game faster, um, you can win. Uh, so we think this is very disruptive. No one's doing this in the in the space, and we're we're kind of shaking things up. In so where is the challenge for you guys? Is it on the supply side in terms of getting the people to list through you, or is it on the demand side? in terms of getting consumers to use the app? Well, that's a good question. I think it's really uh, it's really on the brand side. Like we have to we have to uh, get a brand in market that uh, is is attractive uh, for the consumer and the renter. So to your question, it's specific to the uh, you know our our challenge is and will be uh, how do we own the renter? Right. Management companies want to co- we're a cost per lease model. So you know if somebody leases, they pay us. It's a good model. So they're okay with the performance model. Uh, they have no problems with additional information and data on renters coming in. They they would love to have qualified and pre-approved renters come in versus uh, you know just anyone uh, walking in and spending two and a half hours to find out that their credit score is under five hundred and there's no way they're going to get the apartment. Right. Um, so the challenge is getting the brand in market and uh, you know giving a message that uh, can't really fit sometimes on a display ad or a Facebook ad uh, in, 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 you know, kind of in front of consumers. So we know that that's going to push us towards radio and television advertising, and we're preparing for that um, so that we can uh, win the renter and make life easier for them. And you're, you're right now you're in Los Angeles? Yeah, we're based in Culver City as a headquarters, but the, uh, the launch for us has been in uh, Texas. So we've launched in... Um, in Houston, officially, and you can find in Houston, Dallas, Austin, you can find 98% of the listings in that in those markets in our uh, in our app. And so we'll be rolling out further in Texas, and then other markets in the U.S. Uh, are coming soon. What was the attraction of uh, Texas? Uh, a couple things. One is that you know Houston, uh, Dallas as well, and Austin is so close to to uh, to Houston. It's worth rolling it out as we're targeted after millennials right. but Houston Dallas uh, then other markets uh, that are uh, that are big uh, potential big markets for us are those that are, have a lot of new development so we looked at who's where's the largest development uh, markets for multifamily units in the US and that that became the rollout strategy interesting and, and so 
what is is do you already have a set plan for where you go after Houston or uh, we I would say we have a general plan. We have three to four markets that we know that we want to uh, get into very quickly after Texas is solidified. We you know we 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 launched officially six weeks ago, so we're learning a lot, and there's uh, there's many things that we're doing to optimize the the workflow and the messaging and the the advertising so we we have some work to do but after texas we have uh four other markets identified and, and it's just a matter of um which one first or which ones first uh that that we start chasing what's the criteria for picking a market you know obviously really, i mentioned you want really, a city that has a high base of renters the, the most development the, the largest uh, new development for multifamily units where are the most apartment buildings and units going up in the u.s and that that became the criteria, uh, and so besides that, we we have interest, of course, in the larger U.S. markets like San Francisco and New York. They're very unique. There's differences in terms of how the rental market works there versus Texas, um, and uh, there's landlords and real estate agents involved. So there's things that we need to figure out. But we also, of course, want to be in the major metros and um, additional major metros. I mean, Houston's pretty big. No, it's the fourth. I believe it's the fourth or third largest city in the country. Yeah, I think it's fourth. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think that gets you big. Yeah, <laughs> that is. You know, um, across Texas in general, you know, everything. And um, and Dallas is in. Is, are they even? I think imagine they're in the top ten as well. Dallas is in the top ten for new development, and I don't know where they rank exactly, but they're they're up there. You know, well, we and as a city, as a large city, they're also up there, and the, probably in the top ten. And their football team stinks, but any event. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're still playing. Yeah, the, the former Washingtonian to me comes out. It's but, the um, number one uh, brand. It's the number one sports brand in the world. Is it the Cowboys? Yeah, more so than Manny United, or let's say it's the number one. <laughs> number one is okay, definitely number one in the U.S. or for uh, for for in the U.S. And then it might be maybe for uh, U.S. sports. I think it must be U.S. sports. It's right. a great brand. I, You're right. They You're right. Definitely I'm, I'm sure branded the hell out of it. In this, in, uh, Manchester and Chelsea even probably have yeah, yeah. but um, and so moving this you know, one issue that actually comes up and I don't know if it, it's even relevant to you or if you've thought about it much but you're also at a time where there's a debate about um, do you buy or even rent you know does buying make economic sense and particularly in some cities where you know the price of housing has gone you know berserk in you know for example yeah. the Bay Area Los Angeles um you know, do you guys uh, are you agnostic on that debate or? Well, <clears throat> I I think you know we we have an opportunity where um, you know right now the the uh, the market. I'm just pulling something up uh, to take a look at here. I'll tell you some interesting number that I found recently. But you know the the market is such where after 2010. Um, you know the development of new apartments has just uh, blown up, and rent the rental market's huge, of course, because of the fact that folks can't afford or no longer have the credit scores even to to rent. Uh, but you know, there's a, a large rental population, and um, you know things are things are moving pretty quickly. And and so for us, we we don't really have a. I don't think we have we're. A, we have a, a view, except that you know, renting is a huge market and yeah. uh, it's challenged. It has a lot of challenges. Um, but with the Gen Xs and the baby boomers shift, there's a lot of uh, rentals coming up, and um, this is the strongest rental growth in history with 10.6 million households that are uh, renting. Why would that be? Uh, is that just because of the economic downturn, or it's a? I think it's a combination of three things. One is that you know, baby boomers are. are are getting up there and home ownership may not be as attractive anymore for them. Um, you know, and, and uh, yeah. you've got Gen X's, Gen Xers and millennials who are just, uh, in, in, they're just in rental mode. You know, there's a, there's a huge market for that. Um, and these days, you know, there's great apartments that have, uh, services and amenities that are fantastic. If you think about it, you know, there's, uh, there's something to be said about, you know, at some point, and this is happening in Los Angeles a lot. Like people don't even own cars anymore. You right. know, you can just use Uber. Uber's very convenient, and it's also uh, in LA. It's very cheap. Um, so you know, versus having a vehicle. And so I think there's just you know, millennials are, are are maybe longer renters even than what we've seen in previous generations because of that um, you know non ownership interest. 
which then increases the in, in, for companies like yours increases the value of each acquisition. Yeah, yeah. This is the and also I'm just looking at some numbers. I mean, this is a, the the 20 year low of U.S. home ownership. You know, so it's at uh, it's bottoming out or has bottomed out. Uh, a, a quarter of all people living in uh, renter-occupied housing uh, lived somewhere else a year ago. So wow. there's also, you know, a lot of movement. The average lease, I think, in the U.S. on an apartment is is uh, 15 months. Um, you know, where our home rentals three and a half years. And you know, there's also one other consideration that is favorable to you, but less so for everyone else, and that. You know, there is the business cycle, and the business yeah. cycle means you know over an event certain point in time we we have a downturn, right? And um, you know we have been managed to you know pull ourselves up from the debacle in two thousand eight, and and now here we are, um, probably facing one in the next few years, which I imagine would also increase you know your demand. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably so. Um. Yeah. No. It definitely would. You know, increase the yeah, opportunity. So basically, what you're you're sitting on is a very great demographic opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and again, for us, we we are we're trying to just solve. If you if you think about it, since uh, I would say 2000, you know, 99 maybe when the first listing companies came out online with listings for apartments uh, and homes too. You know, it was right around the same time when. Um, when Home Store launched and uh, and Spring Street, right. Spring Street was actually the first, I believe, the first rental listing site uh, available in the world, in the U.S., but in the world, you know. Uh, and then since that time, there's been updates. There's been innovation in, in terms of virtual reality tours or this right. or that. features, features. You know, there's been uh, a lot of interesting things that have happened, but. That was the last innovation in the market. That's that's still how you find a place, right? You go to listing sites and you right. just look for an apartment. So the process hasn't changed, you know. And they still send over a lead, sometimes via fax, sometimes via email or both, to the property. The property gets something, and they see if the person comes in. And there's attribution issues. There's all these things. So nothing has changed since uh, for 15, 16 years. Um, so you know, I think the for us this. Uh, this pre-approval process and 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 changing the the dynamics and reversing um, you know what what the way that somebody uh, finds and, and applies and uh, is approved for an apartment is is, is very game changing and um, definitely disrupting what's happening. And and so for for you guys, you, are there is there anyone else trying to do this? And then if we, the flip side of that is you know if not. How soon do you think others will try to you know, duplicate what you're doing? Well, I, I, you know, no one's doing this currently, and um, we we know that empirically because the vendors that we're talking to that are involved in in streamlining some of the um, uh, technology for property management companies or documents for this industry, things like that, they don't have a process on how to handle what we're trying to accomplish, really. So we know it's not being done today. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like, like most things as a, you know, as the leader and the, uh, the first one in market, uh, we expect that we're going to have to stay six to eight uh, months ahead of everybody at a minimum. We have some longer term vision, I think, that uh, nobody else may be sharing with us currently. And, um, but we, we still, from a consumer consumption standpoint, our product for them as well as for our customers, property management companies, we have to stay a good six to eight months ahead because once the system is built, it'll you know it's it's very likely others are going to jump into the space and start following suit. All right, well, um, we're going to talk more about this great opportunity with Raj Jahan um, after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlawn Business Report after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. 
contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. Welcome back. This is Bennett Kelly. I'm listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report, and we have Raj Chahan um, from Homey, uh, a new and innovative app that is shaking up the rental marketplace. And uh, we wouldn't be... um, We'd be remiss if we also didn't mention um, kind of the landmark event that happened last week, um, the loss of the great performer Prince. And um, Raj, did you ever get a chance to see Prince? I I was fortunate enough to see him probably half a dozen times. Um, so yeah, I, I did, and you know it's a uh, it's a huge loss. Um, and at our house uh, specifically, my wife is. Uh, has been for years uh, a Prince fan, and so I kind of got, you know, I became more interested once I met April and uh, and started going to a lot of shows with her. So yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, ringtone for years has been Purple Rain. So um, you know, it, it's it's uh, definitely a big loss. Um, also, wanted to give a shout out before we jump back into the questioning. Um, last week, I was in Washington, D.C. with the California Bar IP section. Um, we did a delegation to Capitol Hill and to the Patent and Trademark Office and the White House. I um, want to thank everyone we spoke with on that trip. It was very informative. We'll be talking more about that later, but also thank my fellow delegates. It was a lot of fun traveling with you to Washington. Um, so here we are back in sunny California, Raj. And, and for you, this is a back in Southern California yep. um, moment. Um, you obviously lived here a number of years, but you've been up in the Bay Area now for several years with that slot. Yeah, I was previously with that slot. I spent four years, and uh, I have been in the Bay Area for four years. But we we technically moved up there for for the kids and for schools, and uh, left Los Angeles after uh, for me almost eighteen years. My, and, and you know, my wife grew up here. All the kids are born here. Um, so, uh, we're enjoying it up there and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's different, uh, but I, I don't miss the traffic and uh, I do miss the beaches though. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the one, one thing that comes up that has changed while you've been up in, you know, Silicon Valley, um, San Francisco is that we've had this emergence of this notion of Silicon beach. And yeah. and you're now in Culver City, which is you know right next to Playa Vista and Santa Monica, you know two hotbeds. And Culver Culver City is actually a tech hotbed as well. It sure what, is. What's it like coming back? How you know in terms of I know you were here often, but you know kind of snapshot to snapshot. What has changed, and, and what do you think of it? Well, you know that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm. I'm very excited to actually be back in Los Angeles and, and more so just be reconnected with the tech scene in Los Angeles um, and, uh, you know, talk to my network. And I've met probably, you know, a dozen people in, in just the last few weeks that uh, I hadn't reconnected with in a while and didn't really uh, uh, have a need for the Silicon uh, Beach uh, um, uh, network to be to, to work it for anything, um, you know, AdSlot was a global business, and I was managing most of it from New York, uh, kind of headed to New York very every four to six weeks. Um, but what's changed here is that 
and you know it's 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 actually there's been a lot of tech in LA for a very long time uh and uh you know I, I'm I'm obviously a bit biased but I think the Rubicon project um did a great job of uh building uh with other companies building uh, back what uh was happening with tech in in Los Angeles uh maybe uh you know kind of the late uh, late 90s to 2002 or so uh which was a very exciting time and um you know, Playa Vista, like you said, is blowing up. Facebook has big offices here. Everybody's, you know, moving down and in. Uh, in Culver City, where we are, uh, the Beats headquarters is right there. After Beats was acquired by Apple, they bought, I don't know, 20 to 30 percent of all the real estate within a, uh, you know, five by five block uh, area. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of tech uh, in Los Angeles and, um, you know, tech with the studios and, uh, uh, you know, has been a, a pretty consistent theme here, but it's nice to nice to see some really successful businesses uh, being built and entrepreneurs, um, um, you know, spending more time in, in Silicon Beach. Now, your founders that you're working with was the the starting in Los Angeles a, you know, a conscious decision? Like we we think we need to be here, or they're just from here? Or both? No, they're just uh, they're from here, and so I mean, you know, this. This this uh, concept of Homey, you know, came across from from Mark Douglas and Lindsey Holland are the two co-founders. Uh, so the they're from Los Angeles. Uh, Steelhouse is located a couple of blocks away from our office, which makes it convenient for Mark. He's he's CEO of both companies, um, and uh, this is where the headquarters is. And and we we want to have the product, of course, in market as well too. Um, but uh, we we focused on our launch in uh, in some other regions to start. Yeah, this uh, but would be obviously a, a probably one of your best markets. Once you, yeah, have. yeah, it'll be a good market definitely. We're very excited to bring the product to Los Angeles, and it'll happen. Now, New York is a, a peculiar market with all the the rent control and various other issues there. Is that um, is that a more a, a harder market to to jump into or? Yeah, it's a very difficult market to jump into. So we, we've we been talking about this consistently um, for the last couple of weeks, you know, every day. And, and just even yesterday, I had a, another deep conversation on New York and San Francisco and our rollout plans and what we want to do. And so, um, you know, th- those are tough markets and interesting markets. And, and there's agents involved in, uh, in, in New York and a lot of landlord direct involved in San Francisco. So it just plays out differently. And, and we've got to come up with the right um, – Strategy, and then of course, you know, execute tactically to make it successful. Now, one, one thing that's you know that's fun to have you on is your your story. In, in many ways, is a story of the tech, and especially ad tech, in southern in if not Southern California alone, but also you know within the U.S. And yeah. uh, so, I thought, if this if you don't mind, it'd be interesting to kind of walk through your progression, you know, hop to hop. So. We started off at Speedy Click, which got acquired by Network Commerce. You know, we're headed by Dwayne Walker, a Microsoft millionaire. Right, right. And um, and then obviously the tech um, downturn happened, <laughs> yeah. and um, things didn't work out so well there. Um, they well, they more or less downsized to very little operations in two thousand one, and you went. Where'd you go after that? The home. So team? yeah, and and so just you know and. Prior to meeting you, I, I, you've met Mike Brown, who uh, started yes. uh, the first ad network I did. But, you know, I mean, I, I built two ad networks. One of them, uh, you know, it was a couple of years after I left. It was sold to ValueClick, you know. So so it started with that for me in 1997, I think, was my first ad network called Banner Brokers out in Malibu. Uh, I was with Mike, and it was, you know, fantastic and, you know, great living out there. Um, built a second ad network, and then I uh, went to publishing, and my first publisher business was uh, with you at Speedy Click, number right. one game site. And then I moved to after Speedy Click was winding down, uh, and this this is a, there's a good connection with remember Brian Cherup? Yeah, uh, Brian Cherup was uh, the the finance winding down guy at uh, Speedy Click, and that's how we all met him. But uh, I went to Move, which was Home Store at the time, uh, to be part yes. of their turnaround team. They had had their ma- massive accounting scandal. It was public. The attorney general was on TV talking about it. And so they got rid of their whole executive team. And, and, and everyone in sales and business development, except for two or three people, 
Um, and uh, they were at ground zero and, you know, burning a lot of money. They just needed to, to turn it around, had three months of operating capital and, and needed to do something. So um, it was a pretty dire moment, um, but they got a great management team. Uh, the WebMD management team came on board through Kleiner Perkins and uh, John Doerr was involved in kind of bringing them over. And, uh, you know, we turned around the business uh, and, and the reason I brought up Brian is that he ended up being at, at Move. He's still at Move and now he's CFO actually. And, I and didn't Move. know that. Wow. Yeah. I really enjoyed working with him. It was a I difficult – I mean – we yeah. have a failing company, and we were tasked with more or less negotiating down the receivables. And yeah, exactly. Challenging. He was the last employee, like on payroll. I believe, I, I believe it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, he's doing great. His family's up in the Bay Area. You know, Move uh, is is headquartered in San Jose now versus Westlake Village, as it was before. So I was at Move for four years. Now this was the heyday of real estate, starting up in two thousand three. 2002 uh, to 2006, I was there four years and uh, you know managed a lot of the banks and all the direct bank relationships and lead aggregators like lower my bills and uh, and others that were in that particular vertical. Um, and uh, the company went from a I joined at 17 cents per share. Stock was in the gutter. Uh, it was in very bad shape, bleeding lots of capital. I had a loss from its beginning. Uh, and then in 2005, uh, we were profitable. Share price was four thirty two when I left, uh, and um, and you know that company had its first two quarters of profitability and and kind of resurrected. Uh, now uh, they were acquired by uh, I forget the name of the Aussie company, the largest real estate company in in the online real estate company in the world at this point. But they were number one in Australia, and uh, Move was acquired. Um, so I did publishing. I went to Yahoo as well. I did publishing for a while. Uh, and managed technology customers at Yahoo uh, on the West Coast and like Sony and DirecTV and others and selling home pages uh, on Yahoo. So that was a great experience. I really enjoyed being there. Um, and and uh, soon after, um, I uh, after joining, I was at Yahoo about a year, uh, I, uh, I was told uh, to contact uh, uh, Craig Roa, one of the founders of Rubicon, by his brother. So yes. I knew his brother. And his brother said, hey, you need to call him and talk to him. This company is starting. You're perfect for it. Da, 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 da. Kind of blew it off a couple of times. And I was like, all right, I better just you know, make the call. Made the call. And this moment that I had, that call that I have with Craig, then the following day or two, whenever it was, I met with Frank Dante, the founder, uh, the co- other co-founder of Rubicon. There's four of them. Um, you know, I was just blown away. I had a moment of like, shit, why didn't I think of this? What a great idea. Um, so I joined very quickly and, uh, you know, for almost four years, um, and, and pre kind of pre launch and pre revenue when I joined uh, for four years, I, I spent time with that team and just, we built out a global business and, uh, we took the market by storm, uh, changed the world, exposed, uh, kind of, uh, pricing through optimizing ad network tags and, and, and bring in RTB and, and the new industry of, uh, uh, you know, kind of audience-based buying to right. to market uh, the infrastructure, working with the IAB and you know setting up how that all operates, and um, it was it was amazing. You know, that was uh, an amazing uh, role, and it was an amazing time uh, for the market in, in 2008 to to now. But you know, like 2008 to 2014, the amount of significant growth and and change and uh, development and and, and infrastructure built by the industry, uh, by DSPs, uh, demand-side platforms, uh, supply-side platforms like Rubicon and, and others and data companies has just changed the, the way uh, media is, is uh, bought and sold or, or traded uh, You know, today. Uh, there's over – just at Rubicon alone, I don't know their actual numbers, but, but you know, my estimate – and this is all probably public somewhere you – know, is they're, they're probably pushing 12 to 15 billion ads a day yes. uh, through their platform uh, easily. Th- those, that's what serves. And behind that, there's – you know. Uh, maybe five to ten x that in the number of bids and bid requests that happen on a daily basis. So you, you can't even put you know what what they're doing and what OpenX is doing. When I was at OpenX after Rubicon and what uh, you know even the Google Exchange is doing in terms of ad impressions and the the milliseconds uh, that things are moving uh, before you see an ad. Like within two three hundred milliseconds, things are occurring for you. Uh, it's amazing and uh, it's all happening in the background, but. 
you know, every single person in the world that's online has probably got a cookie on their desk, on their browser from Rubicon um, and, and Google. And what was interesting, I, I got the opportunity to introduce Frank uh, Adanti at um, South by Southwest. Oh, really? And yeah, it was fun. And um, that was just this year? No, it was about four or five years ago. Okay. And yeah. what's striking is this is his fifth startup. He's amazing. I mean, he wasn't even 30, and this is his fifth startup. It's kind of like, man. <laughs> yeah, what, what are we doing with our life? I, I wanna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to be at your 40th birthday party. Um, you know, quite an, just, he's an, an extremely impressive man in, in terms of what he's accomplished. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for him and that team in general. I learned so much of that company. I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to be there. I was very fortunate to have the role that I first had uh, for the first six months, eight months or so, which was uh, running BD and anything didn't fit in a box. I was able to look for acquisitions and do our first acquisition. I was you know, able to like go research the market. I was in touch with every single you know, founder of every major DSP that exists today, that's public today or, or – you know, significantly well-funded and looking to either go public or has been sold. Like I, I had a very expansive role and immediately made a, a huge network of contacts through, uh, through trying to help us uh, see the vision of where where things were going and who to partner with and and uh, who to potentially and what type of technologies to acquire. Uh, and then I had a couple of other roles, just managing uh, teams globally. You know, activating teams in Europe and Australia as well as, of course, in the U.S. And, and um, before. So- I'm sorry. And before that, you were with Lawrence Eng at uh, Oversea. I had, yeah, you know, I had. How a, old was he? I mean, he was like twenty something or something. Well, uh, Lawrence and Fred too. Uh, those two guys stumbled upon. Uh, you know, I don't know if it stumbled upon. I don't really recall actually what their their founding story is exactly for Oversea and Domain Sponsor, the largest domain parking service in the world at the time. It probably still is. I'm not really sure what's happening in that market, but you know, they were huge. Um, but uh, you know, I think they were. They just figured out how to um, uh, host domains uh, and park domains for domain owners, and turn that money around into uh, CPC uh, search listing uh, uh, inventory based on the category. Uh, you know, if they have 150 uh, kind of domains or 500 domains that are all finance related, then they would have different finance uh, kind of links available from Google. And it was just like it was a machine. It was a absolute cash machine uh, over there um, and uh, tremendous amount of revenue per head. You didn't need a lot of staff to do what I just said. It's just like one partner locked and load and just go get domains. And by scale and by the virtue of your scale, smaller domain domainers are winning more because you're getting such high CPCs and performance from uh, the bigger domainers who are in that channel. And uh, it was uh, it was very interesting. I was there to build an ad network for them, but it really wasn't their that really wasn't their business. You know, you're making so much off of domains, like hundreds of millions of dollars a year off of domains with you know 85 employees. Um, you, you really don't need to focus on building an ad network. So uh, that was uh, you know it was fun, but it, it was um, really uh, outside the 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 overall strategy for their organization. So we shut that down about a year and a half. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking at your LinkedIn page, and and your um, your recommendations are quite astounding in terms of you you being cited as one of the, the people who have one of the greatest knowledge of the online ad space today. And um, I'm looking at one in particular from Zach Coleus from Zeitgeist Partners. Raj is awesome. Nothing more needs to be said. So I, I encourage people to I encourage people to check out your. Um, um, check out your LinkedIn profile because yeah, I need to add homie. I've been kind of just so busy, but I need to put that on there. But uh, uh, yes, yeah. And so um, Zach was at Rubicon with me. I don't know where he is now, but but then just you no. Know, but if you look at, uh, I just picked that one because that was the shortest. Yeah. Um, but also, obviously, most succinct. But everyone is just saying that they talked about your your breadth of knowledge, your contacts, um, your leadership skills, um, and I just know from working with you. Over the years, particularly even going back to Speedy, I mean, you were one. Uh, we worked together closely because you were getting deals done all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, from what I see, you still are. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I am, and we did. And uh, no, I appreciate you saying all that. Maybe you can introduce me somewhere too, because that was a good. 
<laughs> and and, and, and uh, waiting in the car for his uh, former colleague. You can, just, Bennett. you can just tweet my recommendations out. You know. You know, it's funny. I uh, yeah, I used to do political fundraising, and um, once I had the the great opportunity of introducing Joe Walsh, uh, you know, the former Eagles band member, and um, which is just fun. You know, getting to scream to a crowd of about a thousand people. You know, give it up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member Joe Walsh, and um, he was like, "Wow, man! Like, man! Like that was like, man! That was like really cool." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, man, would you, man, like, maybe, like, want to come on tour with us? <laughs> so, I mean, you and Joe Walsh. I mean, that's that's a nice category to be in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'll take that any day. So, what what are your so you're launching in Dallas and and Houston? Um, yeah, Houston, Dallas, Austin. That's the first three markets. Okay. And we're in Houston now. Okay. We have listings in Dallas and uh, and Austin available now, uh, ready to go. Um, so sorry, then what was the question? Okay. Um, we're going to take a short break up before we do. I just want to let our listeners to know that this show has a new broadcast home. Um, we are now on cranberry radio. And so if it had this, um, broadcast had a decided, um, reddish tint, it is because of our new owner, <laughs> but we'll tell you more after these messages. You're listening to Cybalon business report only on cranberry radio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. A better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy to win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly on Cyber Law Business Report on Cranberry Radio, which is on cranberry.com. And um, I hope Dolores O'Riordan likes us. And any event, we're speaking with Raj Jahan um, from Homie, and he is a internet and uh, um, online advertising legend. And so, Raj, um, we, we we have a few minutes left. So why don't you tell us? Um, we really, what's the next step for your company? And you have any big events coming up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, I, I want to disconnect a couple of dots here. You know, when I mentioned uh, about Rubicon, about how that call I had with Craig. My meeting with Frank and like, you know, within a couple of days, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be something special. That's the same situation happening right now at Homie. It's uh, just something unique occurring. And, and you know, it's uh, it's a transformative for the whole market. This is a game changing and transformative uh, platform by pre-approving renters. And I, it's uh, shaking things up and being very disruptive to the existing models. Um, so my, my point behind that is um, – 
you know, I, uh, I have that feeling again. So this is going to be a very good one. We we're very excited about what we're, uh, kind of working on. The team is fantastic and team and culture are so important. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, for us, the, you know, the, like the next big things for us is to really just, you know, nail this in Texas, get into the, the branding world of television and radio to take this to other markets and build it out. And then in terms of events we have coming up, you know, we do industry events and, and, and very specific to like the National Apartment Association. Uh, there's a, uh, you know, another group called AIM that we're going to be at soon. Um, you know, but I think uh, if anyone wants to take a look at the product, you should definitely download the app and see how unique it is and how clean it is and, and design matters and, you know, beautiful products matter. And so it's a great app. You go to the iOS store and, and just download Homie, Homie app and you can take a look at it. It's H-O-M-E-M-E um, and follow us on Twitter at Homie app. And, uh, you know, we, I appreciate you making some time, Bennett, for me to come on here. And, and yes, yes, you do, you have, do a have a good presentation. It's really interesting. Um, the app, the, app, the presentation is good. good. And, uh, you have the yeah, big the Texas, Texas and, um, <laughs> and logo there. And, and you have a happy hour. Was that, that it already passed? What the happy hour we had in Houston? Yeah, that's a, that's already passed. Oh wow! Yeah. So we're we're you know kind of consumer events or uh, events in general. We you know outside of the industry specific ones, we haven't done a lot of that yet. So again, we're six weeks in. We're we're onto something fantastic, and I think you'll see us in uh, uh, competing and winning a lot of competitions with uh, the tech disruption that we're. We're starting to, to kind of focus on here in market, and um, you know maybe we can do a follow up at some point and give you guys an update on exactly um, uh, where we're at. You know, right now we're still we're in our seed round and just wrapping up some more seed money. But Menlo Ventures and other you know top VCs have already you know kind of uh, put seed money into the company, and um, you know I think we're going to build this up and get ready for a big Series A at some point later this year. And so. A little bit of organic growth, but then a, a, a Series A. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're currently, you know, we have our seed money right now, and you know, we raised about three million dollars so far, um, and so we're, we're working off of our seed money. We've had a great uh, number of downloads. We've had, you know, folks who have favored it, uh, over 2,500 different properties on our platform. Um, we've uh, we've set up, uh, you know, had folks interested, consumers interested, renters interested, setting up 125 different tours at properties. And that's all in six weeks with very limited, you know, mind you, very limited advertising budget and online advertising budget at that, which is very hard in a in a 300 by 250 ad to to convey the uniqueness of this value proposition uh, and opportunity to the renters. Uh, so, so we will have some organic growth and seed money growth, and uh, you know we've got about eighteen employees to do a little more hiring, and then uh, we'll take it from there. No, I, we only have a little bit of time, but in, in terms of breaking into new apps, you know, is there a, such a thing as app fatigue in the market, or do consumers or do, do, you know, if they see an app that makes sense, they download it? I can tell you the engagement level is unbelievably high for our our uh, app. Because there's motivation around it. I mean, there's fatigue in general, uh, I think, with apps, but maybe more so in apps that are not uh, uh, providing value exchange to the to the user. So, you know, there's lots of games. There's lots of things you can play around with. But, you know, from our – the conversion rate from folks from, – from consumers who are downloading our app and opening it, uh, the conversion rate is very high, and we're also um, – we're also seeing, you know, uh, time spent to be significantly high. So the, this, you know, f- uh, there's there's consumers and renters in our app searching, favoriting, setting up tours, and just moving down the funnel very quickly because they're motivated. They're looking for an apartment. And uh, I guess that's it. I mean, there's there's the the value exchange right there. You know, yeah. I need this. It's a tool for something uh, I need in the short term. Yeah. I mean, nothing's more fundamental than housing. Yeah, to download the app. I mean, if you're downloading the app and and you're a you know a renter, a consumer, not not someone you know in the tech industry trying to see exactly what the app all is all about, uh, you got you got a lot of motivation, you know. So um, so we're excited about the early results, and we're looking forward to building on that. Well, it sounds like you're off to a great start as usual, and uh, 
you know, Excellent. I do remember you from the early days of, of Rubicon and some other companies and and those just blew up and not not to anyone's surprise. And, and so I can only guess that a couple of years from now we'll be marveling and, at the success of Homie. Yeah, I hope so. I'm on the same page with you. I think it's going to be a, a huge success. We're looking forward to building this one out. Sounds like a whale of fun. Yes, sir. Well, thanks, Bennett. And so it's been great having you, Raj. Um, as always, if people want to find you, uh, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, if you want, you can email me at raj at homeyapp.com and uh, also take a look at our uh, site, follow us on Twitter, um, and you can follow us at homeyapp uh, on Twitter. And um, my personal Twitter handle is uh, rajchahan73. Um, so uh, follow us, email me if you have any questions, you want to catch up. Uh, about anything uh, we talked about. All right, Raj. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's great to have you back here in Southern California. And uh, best to you and the homie and your family. And uh, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So thank you for listening to our debut edition on our new home at Cyber Radio, which is on Cyber... um, Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Cranberry Radio, which is on um, cranberry.fm. It's, uh, we're excited about the possibilities of this new network, and uh, it's going to be just a continuation of uh, what we've, we've done so far. I'm just going to be able to reach a broader audience, and so we're very excited about our, our new parent here at Cranberry. And next week is my birthday, so we will be taking, uh, um, we'll be taking a little time off and so um, we will, uh, we'll be back in two weeks here for another edition of Cyberlaw and Business Report. Um, this is Bennett Kelly saying have a great week. We'll talk to you then. Have, um, thanks again for joining us. The opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save